the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our worldwide audience for another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And please go to the rescuersradioshow.org website, where you can hear all of the shows on podcast. And as this is a, a listener-supported show, you can figure that out, too, if, you, if you're um, up to that and look at our website, and it'll, it'll walk you right through that. My guests today are very exciting, and they're excited to be here, I think. You bet. So, <laughs> um, Taryn Norley, CEO of ALS Arizona, and Dr. Jeremy Scheffner from Barrow Neurological Institute. Hi, everyone. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to hear everything about uh, ALS by the time we finish. And uh, I would like first, uh, before we dive into the great works of ALS Arizona, uh, allow our audience to get to know you, uh, Taryn, first. Uh, Give us your background. How did you get to this place in your life? Yeah, so I grew up here in Arizona um, and worked in nonprofit and just loved being able to give back to the community and serve. And there was a time when we thought my grandmother, um, she started to have drop foot. And so we weren't sure what was going on with her. And so her doctor had mentioned it could be ALS, it could be MS, and it ended up being, for us, MS. Um, But I really started to take an interest into what ALS is and what it does to the person. And I had also at that time been reading Tuesdays with Maury, the book, and learned a lot about ALS and someone dealing with a terminal disease. And so I was at a different nonprofit, and the position came up for the CEO at the ALS Arizona. And I applied, and I was thankfully given the job. (laughs) And I've been there. It'll be 12 years at the end of this month. On October 31st, I started on Halloween. And (laughs) it goes by fast, doesn't it? It went so fast, um, 12 years, like the blink of an eye. And so just really grateful for the position and being able to do what we do. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you. And... um Let's start by, just tell us about ALS. Uh, First, the association. Tell us a little history, mission, values, 
uh, of the association. Yeah, so ALS Arizona started in 1991 here in the Valley by volunteers, and they wanted to provide services for people living with ALS. ALS can be very expensive to the individual. We estimate expenses to be for a family of about $200,000 annually, and that can be associated with the loss of wages. Someone is going to have to step down from their job, um, and so that's really the expense that it takes. And so this organization was created to help provide services and really help the individual with the terminal disease, but it really affects the family, the entire family. So it was, what can we do for everyone who is dealing with ALS? Every part of the family. Every part. Yes, every part. Yeah. Um, So learning how to to deal with that and and your association is all about education and, yes. and so forth. So, uh, okay, tell us the definition of ALS. <laughs> Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. And I've got Dr. Schaffner here too, who can probably say it even better. But that is a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, l- let's, let's jump in to, uh, we have plenty of time here uh, to jump in and go to um, so the the association is more of what you need, more of a needs factor rather than the the medical part of it. Exactly. We really want you to live your life to the fullest. Yeah. And that's one of the things we say. We don't want you to be burdened with these extra needs. So we have equipment loan closet where we'll provide equipment to the family. Um, anything from a power wheelchair to bathroom equipment becomes really important. Yeah. Walkers, wheelchairs, anything that they need. Wow. So uh, give me a number. How many uh, estimated numbers do you do it with like on a monthly basis? Wow. It could be anywhere from 40 to 150. It just depends on uh, what it is, but and, different equipment. And you have a staff to, that it, that it adds up to that, right? We that do. That ste- serve that. Steps up. Yeah, we really yeah. do. Awesome. So um, I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Scheffner. Can I call you Jeff? How about, how about Jeremy? How about Jeremy? Oh yeah, <laughs> I did that out in the out in the waiting room, didn't I? And I and I it, it says, but, but certainly Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, tell us more from the neurological part point of view what you deal with and and uh, go deep on this because we got plenty of time. So research sure. orientation or wherever we are with ALS right now. So my own history with ALS really started when I was a a neurology trainee in Boston. Um, I, you know, we, when you're training, you have a, a clinic that's supervised by others, and I actually had a couple of people who I diagnosed with ALS, and, and it was remarkable. I mean, just it's coincidental, but the two folks that I first met with ALS were almost exactly my age. They were almost exactly where I was in raising oh, my family, yeah. and it just struck me that this is a disease that, that just takes people at you know at, at all at all times in their lives but certainly at you know when when they have so much hope and so i i got interested in it and and actually started an ALS clinic in 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 Boston um got you know really realized that that there weren't enough clinical trials that we we weren't looking at enough drugs and and with a with a, a number of colleagues we started a group called the Northeast ALS Clinical Trials Consortium and that was in 1996. So and before we go deeper, where you where, where you're, you're from that area? No, I, I'm from yeah. Chicago. From uh, sure. I, I went. Okay. I, I went to Boston for my neurology residency training. And what brought you to Arizona? 
Well, it's a little bit convoluted. Uh, well. I, I spent 14 years in Boston, first as a, as a trainee and then, then as a faculty member at Harvard Medical School, yeah. and then went to Syracuse, New York, um, which is one of those quintessential lovely places <laughs> to raise children, but is also fairly cold and dark, <laughs> and, 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 and really spent, spent my, my professional life really de- developing clinical trials in an ALS clinic. Yeah. And then um, when my youngest child graduated high school, both my wife and I realized that this was our chance. To, <laughs> and, and the Barrow Neurologic Institute uh, recruited me to come here as chair of the neurology department. And, and well, that what, that's what brought me here in 2014. Great choice on their, more, on their part. Well, it was a great choice for me. I, 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 <laughs> love, I love it here. So, um, so dive, dive in with us uh, how, how, it, how it comes upon somebody. Is it, is it generic? Is it... Can it be passed on from gene to gene or person to person? Well, that, that, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. I yeah, mean, let's let's do that. First, in, it, ALS is a what's called a motor neuron disease. So not completely exclusively, but almost exclusively, the parts of the brain and the spinal cord that are damaged are the parts that control movement. And so people who contract ALS, their first symptom will be weakness somewhere. It can be a weakness in, in, in a foot or in their hand or with speech or swallowing. It can be anywhere. And because it can be anywhere, and in general, it strikes people in kind of late middle life, um, people don't think about, oh, I maybe have ALS. I mean, if they have weakness in their hand, they think maybe I have carpal tunnel syndrome. If they have weakness in their leg, maybe I have a problem in my back. And so actually, even in 20 23, it takes more than a year on average to diagnose people with ALS. Oh, my God! And people see five to seven doctors before they get the diagnosis. And so, but once, wherever it starts, it spreads. It becomes more severe in the area that was initially weak, and then the weakness spreads to other parts of the body. And ultimately, people lose the ability to walk, to use yeah. their hands, to speak, ultimately to breathe. And, and so um, the late stages of ALS are, are just really devastating yeah so you and you and uh taryn really need each other well as she was describing her services and and talking about you know not really working on the medical medical side that's only really partly true because one of the main things that the als association and als arizona really do is that they work incredibly closely with als clinics and so you know what you know the equipment that you have available is you know it's disability appropriate because we work so closely together and the support groups are, are, are things that we we strongly advertise and all the, the kinds of materials that the ALS, that ALS Arizona provides really acts to to let us do what we can do in terms of maintaining people's qualities of life. Does ALS stand out by itself on its own? It's not related to MLS or? No. So, well, you mean the, multiple cirrhosis or so the last name is the same um, but but um, <laughs> the, the the causes of the disease are completely okay. different and and what happens with the diseases is is completely different one interesting thing comparing MS which is a a, a much slower disease with much better treatments and ALS is that almost exactly the same number of people in in, in this country are diagnosed with the two diseases every year but there are 25 times as many people alive with MS as there are with ALS. Okay. Because it's a disease of 40 to 50 years survival, yeah. and ALS is a disease of three to four years survival. And so, you know, I, I often think of my goal is 
really increasing the number of ALS patients (laughs) because that will mean that we're treating them better and people are surviving longer. Yeah. Um, So um, what what about what's going on in the research part of all of this? What's going on with the latest research uh, to battle ALS? Well, a ton. Uh, and, And so... I mean, just in general, our knowledge of how brain function in, in normal situations works and how diseases actually interrupt brain function is, is, is just, it's revolutionary in all, many diseases. But um, there's a, a, a lot of, uh, of research on what causes ALS. Yeah. Uh, for most people, there's no family history. There's no clear dietary or lifestyle issues that actually predispose one to getting ALS, with the one exception that it turns out that people in the military during times of conflict seem to have a higher incidence of ALS than oh. other people, and we don't know why. So, I, so we, I read in your bio something about Agent Orange. Well, so uh, as part of the things I do, I, I've taken part in uh, sort of many iterations of this book that's produced by the Institutes of Medicine about the health effects of H. Orange, and I served as their neurologist expert. And the question about whether that caused ALS always has come up, but in fact, there seems to be no relationship. Okay. Um, I have a very good friend who was in the Army, in Nam, got a, a, a wash of Agent Orange, and it blinded him. So... I'm in no way saying that Agent Orange is good for people. I mean, it, oh, it, it I, has caused it yeah. causes diabetes. It yeah. causes terrible nerve they damage. Have no relation to probably not. ALS. There, there probably is a relationship to another degenerative disease called Parkinson's disease, but not ALS. Oh, okay. So um, ALS started at a, at a ball game or with baseball. Every everything <laughs> comes to baseball, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, sort of, sort of. <laughs> Actually, the name ALS was coined by a, a French neurologist in the 1870s named Charcot. Oh, wow. And he described it basically, amyotrophic means muscles getting small, and lateral sclerosis refers to what the spinal cord looks like when people die and are autopsied. So oh, that's wow. where the name came from. But, you know, I, when I diagnose people and t- start talking with them, they often don't know what I'm talking about when I say they have ALS. But when I say this is also called Lou Gehrig's disease, everybody has an idea. <laughs> At any age, At right? any age. I've watched that video of him standing by that mi- microphone and telling the whole world this is what, he's, what, what is going on. It makes me cry every time. Mm-hmm. It, it does. And, and um, so, uh, so you can't blame him, but, <laughs> but he, was, he was probably one of the first to publicly announce it. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Almost, you know, in, in reality, it's the exact opposite of blame because yeah. the more people who are prominent share this kind of disease, the better fundraising we are able to do, the more awareness the public has. Yeah. And so you know, he did a huge service by not hiding and, and, yeah. and, and talking about his disease throughout his life. He also participated in one of the absolute earliest clinical trials in ALS. Oh, nice. So he was a big proponent of research. Okay. So, and Taryn, I, I think I read something in, in some of your material. Uh, there's a, the, there, there are... There's something going on with new life-extending treatments. You, you, you yeah. can both answer this. So I will those. defer to you. You, yeah. should, you should definitely cover the medical side. Because so, to say those words, that's a really big deal. It's, yes. a, it's a huge deal. Yeah. So should say first that for most people with this disease, there is no cure and nothing to stop 
yeah. stop the progression. Right. But the first drug that clearly slows progression was approved in 1993. And since 2017, we've had two others that clearly slow progression. And in combination, we really hope that take, you know, taking all three together will really meaningfully prolong life and improve function over a long period of time. Wow. And then there's, for, and I, we didn't, I, we, so most everybody has no clear risk factor, but about 15% of people have a gene, a gene mutation. And for one of those mutations, we have a new drug that was approved earlier this year that not only slows progression, but apparently actually stops progression in a, in a fair number of people. So it's, it's a whole new ballgame for people wow. with ALS. Well, that, that brings a little hope, oh. right, into the picture. Yeah, and that's incredibly important. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take a, just a moment here to uh, let our audience know if you're late coming into uh, this episode of the Rescuers Radio Show uh, with our guest, uh, Taryn Noli. Uh, CEO of ALS Arizona Association and Dr. Jeremy Scheffner from Barrow Biological Institute. So uh, these these two people right here in front of me know they're the go-to team, right? Both yeah, of you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. With our teams, too. Yeah. yeah. Although, I, just as a plug, I mean, a- ALS care and research in Arizona is a big group, and we, we have a, a really vital group of people doing clinical research, doing basic research. We're right here in the valley. In the valley. Wow. We're really one of the, the, the national Well, Barrows by itself is a pretty well-known... Um, it is. It, it's, it, it, both for neurosurgery, yeah. research and treatment, and, and neurology, it's a, it's a really great place. And it has the famous um, words for, from Muhammad Ali. It's yes. his park, the Parkinson Center, right? Yes. And... Um, I I know the the funds that have been raised raised for that for for years, <clears throat> over twenty some years uh, with fight nights, fight, fight night and, and, and other things. Major fundraiser. Yeah, it was a real privilege when I got here sh- shortly after to actually meet Muhammad Ali. That was a great oh, thing. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Taryn Norley, how, how would you? Where's your? Is your uh, knowledge of this? What, you didn't come in to this association knowing all there is to know. You're you're in the nonprofit side and taking care of patient side, and but you've got to a lot of this must have comes over to you, right? Oh yeah, for definitely. a better understanding, definitely. And I would say. Um, Dr. Schaffner mentioned our support groups. I really learn the most from the actual people living with ALS and their families. So when they sit at support group and share their stories, I learn so much from them and just spending time with yeah. people. So th- this uh, this might be for both of you, but uh, share strategic outcomes, uh, recognizing interdependence between care and research. H- how do you bring those together? I think I'll just start because I'll, I'll go more okay. simple terms than okay. the medical side. But I think hope, you touched on hope and giving that um, to the families and to the individuals, really letting them know and see people. We have some individuals who have lived with ALS, gosh, for eight years, 10 years, sometimes 15 years. And it's just amazing to see the spirit and the drive that keeps them alive. Is that kind of the outside 
15 years? Yeah, I would definitely say that. That's, that's the, not many people live longer than okay. that. But, but more and more are getting to that point. Okay. But when you have that individual who can be a part of the groups and who's positive and who's still encouraging individuals, still keep living your life. You know, go out, do things, go visit your friends and family. Right. I see that really lead into a greater quality of life, which is what we really want for them. And then I'll let Dr. Schaffner well, talk about I, research. I was going to talk about the sort of the intersection between research and clinical yeah. care. Okay. Um, and, you know, whenever you have a disease that's poorly treated, one of the things that is really important to people is the ability to contribute to next generations and to potentially receive something useful in an experimental situation. So participating in clinical trials actually turns out to be a huge part of clinical care because it maintains hope. It hopefully will be effective um, ultimately down the road. But um, our clinic and our research group are incredibly closely intertwined, and patients want that. This is actually a, a national trend for diseases of all sorts that patients really want access to clinical trials as part of their care basically across the, the spectrum. And I think that that's great because it allows us to actually look at drugs and, and different treatments yeah. with patients who are really committed to doing this with us. Yeah. That's a key, right? I, 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 I'm at a Y in the road where I can either say this is it, this is, this is it, or I can go on the road to see what's out there. Yeah, and it's remarkable. And the families have to be in front of that and friends, right? Yes, it takes a community. They yeah. have a whole support system. Yeah. So um, interesting. Uh, and, 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 you know, kudos to Barrow in Neurological Institute being what they are. But around the world, this, this thing must be studied everywhere, right? It is studied Because it's a worldwide disease. It is, although it's... You know, it, because there is some genetic connection, it's different in different countries. Oh, okay. Um, you know, apparently in China, uh, the disease is a little bit less frequent and much more chronic, mm. which is, you know, yeah, yeah. almost certainly ha having to do with genes. Yeah. But in the U.S., um, you know, the ALS Association has, what, 80 members, uh, 80 chapters now? I mean, 80, 80 clinics that they support? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there are support you know, support groups associated with, with you know, ALS Arizona and their related uh, uh, chapters uh, in other parts of the country that that connect all of us. Uh, there's there's research funding that is provided because of that. And it's and there are, and we, we work with international groups, so there's a, okay. a very strong European community. Yeah. Many of our trials are done internationally. Right. And, and we run them from here, many of them. ALS Arizona is not the same as the national group. No, it is not. We've uh, recently, we are kind of separating. And so we've just pulled and we are really just about Arizona. And so any funds that we receive, 100% of those stay in Arizona. And we're really yeah. proud about that. Yeah, that's good. Do yeah. people come here from other places? They do. We get a lot of snowbirds and we get people that want to come to Barrow, want to go to, yeah. we also work, I'll speak as ALS Arizona, we also work with Mayo Clinic and um, Honor Health. And so people will travel to attend all three of our clinics that we have. Okay. But, but one big driver is, is the availability of, of research, of clinical yeah. trials. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that brings people from far away. Oh, absolutely. They know where to go. 
Well, there's a, it's, it's an all, amazing. We're all here to see you. Well, not, not, not <laughs> it's an amazingly informed patient group. I mean, they, they know, they, people come in often knowing a much, as much about research trials as I do. It's incredible. <laughs> Jeremy, humility is a good thing. <laughs> and, and necessary. And necessary. <laughs> so we're in our last uh, three minutes or so, but um, gosh. Annually, in the United States, we were talking before going on on the on the air. Uh, what could, what can what's a number of yeah. per year? So um, about seven thousand new diagnoses a year, and that leads to about twenty five to thirty thousand people living in the U.S. Wow. at any given time with wow. disease. So it's not lung cancer or heart yeah, attack, but it's yeah. it's not that rare. Right. And you know, it, it in, when you multiply the the disease by all the people in the family that it affects, yeah, it it, it it's a huge burden. Yeah. Taryn, a uh, year or two ago, it was it was the ice bucket yeah. thing, and it was a fundraiser, right? Yep. Almost worldwide. Oh, it was worldwide. Yeah. Yes. So um, we're almost out of time, but um, what your your association had to be really involved. Oh my with gosh, that, right? it was wild. It did started. You do it? Yes, I did it. I did it probably <laughs> fifteen times. <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. I've never been a part of something that was so amazing and yeah. life changing for us it locally. Was everywhere it was everywhere. Yeah. Everyone did it. But yeah. what a powerful thing! Yeah, it's it, ten years next year. It was <laughs> so organic. Ready. It just it sort of started and spread. Wow. So uh, we're in our last uh, minute and a half. Um, have we covered everything? Is there one thing that we want to leave with our audience? I think just letting them know that we exist and that if they hear of anyone or they know of anyone, please point them in our direction. ALS Arizona, we serve over 600 annually. We are here for you. We want to help you. We want to get you connected with Barrow. We want you to get you connected with the right people. And how do they contact you? They can go to our website, alsaz.org. Okay. That's easy enough. It is. We try to keep <laughs> things simple. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Jeremy, can they contact you at all? Well, they can. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on our website, but also the, our group is called the Fulton ALS Center. And if they go to that, there'll be tons of websites that they'll be directed to. Awesome. Taryn Norley, you and... Uh, and Jeffrey Schiffner, Jeremy, I should say, Jeremy. Should say, <laughs> should say Dr. Jeremy Schiffner uh, at Barrows. Uh, you, you are rescuers, changing and saving lives. God bless. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank, Thank you. you. It was great. Thank you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.